Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Today I have a very special guest. You know him because he is, you know, he's infamous. Is that the proper word? He's, you know, he's out there. He's on the Twitters. He's everybody's favorite. He is one part of Wrestling Brain. You see him every Wednesday on AE Double Dudes. It is the one and only the Zoobs. Zoobs, how's it going? Oh, I'm feel, I'm feeling great. We are basking in the warmth of a of a, a strong three points from Portugal and in, in Euro this afternoon. So uh, it is it is all thumbs up. Thank you for the lovely intro. I don't know that infamy is quite what I'm going for, but I'll take I, I it. I wasn't sure, you know. I was just trying to, you know. Sometimes it's it's the first thing I think of, and it's totally wrong. But I've already committed to it. So <laughs> commitment is the key. I appreciate that. So, but yes, Portugal did have a big win today. I wish I could have watched it. I know you did, and uh, you were saying, you know, as soon as that first goal happened, it's like the floodgates let open. Yeah, it took it took about eighty minutes, but once they got in there, uh, no problems. But I mean, we heard talk about the GD business, not not that fixed international soccer. That you know, that's not real. We're talking about the so- real soccer is fake. Wrestling is real. Absolutely correct. Yeah, it's like the old <laughs> Mister Anderson shirt where it was like football's fake, wrestling is real, or something like that. And it's like, oh, okay. It seems very uh, like Live Journal, like. Uh, Tumblr era, like people are fake. Wrestling is real. It's very... <laughs> <laughs> Today you have joined us and we are going to review NXT TakeOver in your house, which was this past Sunday. And uh, just off the top, like overall, what was your uh, what was your general thoughts about it? I thought it was, you know, it, it, I think for me, I, I'm pretty easy to please in that, you know, if I'm sitting down for any length of period and committing my time to watching a wrestling show, basically all I want is for it to not be bad, right? I, <laughs> I just I want it to not be at any point where I'm just like, why am I doing this? And I yeah. think that is that's the problem that a lot of people have had with WWE lately is they're they're watching the shows and they're being like, I I am not enjoying myself. And I, as somebody who you know we talked before the show, I'm not as into NXT as I was a few years ago mm-hmm. or you know when it was when it was you know 2015 2016 2018 when it was really setting the standard for televised wrestling obviously taken a bit of a hit in prestige from that so it was nice for me to sort of come back into it a little bit fresher not to not have maybe some of that baggage that people come into these shows with where there's expectations or there's you know character things so i thought it was a really nice a really nice night and 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 before i could say anything else the number one thing that i appreciate more than anything as i age gracefully as i as i'm now 35 years old is it was a it was like two hours and 15 minutes like that is what it should be get in get me four or five really good matches and get me out i don't i that's been my big problem with um aew lately is every time i see an aew pay-per-view i'm like well i'm gonna be up till 12 15 watching this mm-hmm. i guess it's gonna be four hours of my life like i don't want i don't want to do anything for four hours uh that is that it is unless it's like wall-to-wall non-stop entertainment four hours is hard so i commend them that the takeovers have released you know set a standard with those shorter run times. And I thought, I thought there were some really nice moments as, as somebody that is sort of 
meeting some of these characters for the first time. And then there's some guys that I obviously have quite a bit of history with. It was nice to see sort of, you know, that progression as to where they were before and where they are now. And and I really enjoyed um, some some major parts of this. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to sort of dig through it. I mean, the uh, as soon as I commit to an AEW pay-per-view, I almost instantly regret it because I know I'm going to be up till 11, 11.30. And I get up at 5 o'clock. Like, I know it's the next day. is just a write-off at that point. But two and a half hours, you know, sometimes a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. And that's perfect for me. So Absolutely. It, it was very nice. But Yeah. I think it also adds, before we move on, I think it also adds a little bit of, like, you have to hit a certain grade to make this show, right? And I think that's what WrestleMania has lost a little bit of that, where it's like WrestleMania is two nights and like 60 guys and girls get on it at the mm-hmm. by the end of the day. Whereas like these takeovers, and they mentioned it, I think, during the LA night match, where it was like he's been on a takeover every time there's been one since he's been, since he's been on the roster. And Johnny mm-hmm. Gargano is Mr. Takeover. Like getting a takeover match still means something because there is only – what five matches on the main card like it it means something to get on the main card of a takeover still and and Mm -hmm. i think that is another sort of value that that shorter runtime adds well you had even mentioned earlier that like you know you aren't you know as committed to nxt and i'm in the same boat you know when it was the one hour every wednesdays and there was more of the long-term booking where you know they would tape four or five weeks in a row one night and like i would i'd ruin it for myself and read the spoilers because i'd like to know <laughs> what would happen but it's you you find out what's coming up and you're like holy fuck i'm into that you know so the long-term progression isn't there as much or it does seem like there's a lot more hot shotting but the takeovers still deliver every time mm-hmm. yeah absolutely right uh, so, i think that's right on but uh, so this past Sunday in your house takeover or takeover in your house, uh, things kicked off. It was a six man tag and basically all the titles were on the line. You had the North American champ Bronson Reed and the tag champs MSK facing off against Legato Del Fantasma. So what was your, you know, what stood out to you in this match? You know, what was the the go to for you? I really, I really enjoy Bronson Reed. I, I really think um you know i'm a simple guy I, I, it doesn't have to be too complicated to make me happy i i see a big guy in there that can like really throw bombs and do the double samoan drop and very clearly be the fulcrum of the match i think we see that a little later on and i don't want to jump ahead with 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 cross in the main where it's like as much as there is a bunch of stuff going on and a bunch of stories sort of combining bronson reed is the direction the match is going to go. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's either how will uh, Legato del Fantasma get around him or how will MSK, you know, utilize him properly. I really think it's an easy story to tell. And I think I really see it with him. I, I, I totally get it. I, I don't have to have much explained to me when a guy like that shows up, looks real big, uh, looks real strong and, and, and can go. I, I was impressed with him. I, I, I see it. I, I totally see it with him. Sometimes I know, You'll see a guy get pushed or a guy in a spot and he has the build and not much else. And you're like, I don't really know if I see what's going on here. I mm-hmm. think I see it with Bronson Reed right away. And, and I totally get why he's the kind of guy you would put that North American championship on. They WWE, even like whether it's, you know, main roster or NXT, they've almost been kind of searching for this sort of, you know, face hosk sort of guy, you know, and people kind of thought Otis might be it, but he doesn't have the same like, uh, you know, aura to him that a Bronson Reed does because you you see you know Reed when he goes up for his like tsunami splash or even the way he moves in the ring like he's a big guy but he can still go 
Yeah, it's it's not it's not quite like that S tier Keith Lee, but I'm, you're totally right that they are trying to find that guy is, is like a guy that just physically looking at him is a, is a marvel. And then when he hits the switch and really starts going, it's like, oh man, this guy also has uh, a ton of tools at his disposal. I, I think that's really valuable, especially as we, you know, in the last generation or so of entertainment, we really did see that shift to smaller guys to to a, a Johnny Gargano who it's like, look at how good I am at wrestling. Is like it's like. There is space for that, but the whole roster can't be can't be that. And and I love I love these big dudes that can move and that can throw guys around and and that can work. Uh, I think I think it's um, a really easy and a really fun thing to watch. And and I thought he really had uh, impact to his movements and really had um, a real impact to his to his to his power. Like mm-hmm. I, I just a, a big guy throwing power moves. Uh, it, it's an easy win for me. So I thought it was a nice way to kick it off. I, I think it, you know, it's it, it was if it did suffer from anything, it did uh, for me. It's a little murky that it's uh, a six man tag where two different titles are on the line. I, I think it takes a little bit out of like, are we really going to see Bronson Reed cost the tag team guys their titles mm-hmm. or vice versa? Like it's it a little bit of it would have surprised me an awful lot if there was a title change, even coming into it not knowing you know, the depth of how far back it goes, I, I would have been shocked to see a title change. And I, and I wasn't surprised that there wasn't one. There was two things that like really stood out to me. And one was the fact that like MSK and Bronson Reed, they were in control for, you know, it seemed almost like the first two thirds of the match. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you have Santos Escobar, he just finished challenging Kushida for the cruiserweight title a few weeks ago, unsuccessful. And then it was like right into another title program, even though it was, he failed at the last one. So those were the two things that I weren't huge on, but like Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild, I think they're criminally underrated in the ring. Like they move fantastic. They get the high flying spots in there and MSK. Like I've been a fan of them when they were in, you know, PW tag team champs. They still are, even though they're signed to NXT. So I'm a big fan of those two tag teams. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mendoza is a guy that, um, has really proven that he can he can really elevate pretty much anything that he's thrown into. I, m- I remember, you know, there was a run where he was on the main show. There was runs where he was on 205 Live where you could just sort of put him in there in things that maybe weren't as fully fleshed out as they could be. And he was able to make them um, special and memorable. And I think that goes a lot longer of a way in NXT than it does, you know, on your bigger main shows. And I think it's a great fit for him in this little group. If I could pick one nit as well, I don't love the name... Santos Escobar doesn't uh, no. doesn't it doesn't have any cachet to it. It's not like and man, this is a guy like I don't know about you. I was a I, the first two couple seasons of Lucha Underground. Like King Cuerno was my jam. Like everyone was uh, Pentagon was obviously a runaway star and Phoenix was a runaway star. I was always interested in what uh, King Cuerno was doing and that that arrow from the depths of hell and some of that stuff. I think he's a really talented guy that has a really high upside. Uh, and I just don't know that being named Santos Escobar is the way to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like New York, they're almost, they're trying to find that next breakthrough Latin, like Latino star. Mm-hmm. You know, they they haven't been able to capitalize since, you know, Rey Mysterio really. Like Alberto, he had a little bit of success and he faltered, you know. Then you see a guy like Andrade who had banger matches in NXT I mean, him and Gargano a few years ago was fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then they drop the ball as soon as he goes goes up to the main roster. Do you think eventually with Escobar, they 
he will have what it takes to reach that level or is it going to be the same sort of thing i don't want to be i don't want to come off as negative but i am of sort of the opinion is like if you can't do it with andrade i don't know if 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 it's if you can do it like that's mm-hmm. that's about as not miss as you can possibly have you have a guy that looks like that that moves like that 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 is married to charlotte flair that like can talk and looks the part i don't think that anybody's gonna be able to do it if you can't do it with andrade and i and i don't want to be again be too negative about it because i I do think escobar is a really talented guy but he's also (laughs) 37 years old like he's not a he's not a he's not a rookie by any means Um, that's that's prime age for new york though so that is true that is true it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough i i I don't know that he, he he gets it done with the name santos escobar um it's, it's sort of a it's sort of a tough spot. It, it, it's not. Uh, I don't know. It, it could get there. He honestly could, right? Because I do believe that he has uh, a lot of the skills, and, and he can certainly go. And, and he certainly has the physique, and he certainly has um, a lot of the tools. It's just right now, it's hard to trust them to sort of get anything where they where you are pretty sure you know they want to take it. It's it's hard to believe that anything's going to get there. It, it is possible. A few years ago, you would see guys get called up and it was it can't miss. You know, you knew that they were going to be able to reach that same level. And now with some of the misses they've had, you know, like Alistair Black, Andrade, it's almost like they might have what it is, what it takes in NXT. But as soon as they get brought up, it just falters. And you really yeah. hope that's not the case. I can't believe sitting here and like I haven't I haven't again, I haven't been a, a regular guy in the scene in a while like i can't believe they haven't called adam cole up like what is going on in the main show that they don't they don't have space for adam cole it doesn't make any sense to me uh, i don't know i don't know if it's his size or what but they you would think a guy like him would just you'd love to see him on the big stage you know like challenging for one of those top titles like throw him on smackdown and a foil for a, the eventual face roman reigns you know so yeah it, it is one of those things and i guess we'll get to it i will say we'll save it for the main because I, oh. I do have some points to that direction perfect so after that we had the first of two women's matches on the card we had mercedes martinez facing off against xylee and this is uh you know they mentioned it during the video packages that this is xylee trying to get her revenge after the may young classic because she lost to mercedes martinez so what was your thoughts about Xylee in this? Because I am not fully sold, even though it seems like putting her on a takeover, that they're going to push her to the next level. I I, I see it. I see a bit of like I I enjoyed that. This was very clearly a story being told of uh, a veteran that really knows what she's doing and knows all the tricks, uh, versus a, a kid that is coming out swinging and like really really swinging for the fences, like the the kick. Uh, that hit the ring post, and I know that obviously Zaylee is not a kid; she's, she's in her thirties as well. You have to be in your thirties <laughs> to be in the biz, but like somebody younger trying to make a name for themselves versus Mercedes Martinez, who has been, uh, you know, they've been pushing her as a veteran for for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it made a lot of sense. I didn't quite. I think it, this is a problem with my sort of lack of day to day. I didn't quite know what was going on with the woman in the chair i thought the entrance was super cool though i was like this is this is really cool and mm-hmm. and something that nxt continues to do well is the cool unique entrances like i don't think anybody touches them anywhere in the game in terms of like thinking through every part of the entrance and those presentations i think again carrying cross is a great example of that um so i thought there was some cool stuff i thought i thought again like the ring post stuff was cool and there was like a very much a veteran and greener sort of back and forth cat and mouse at play i don't know 
I don't know in terms of ceiling. There, there, there was there's quite a bit of athletic ability, and, and there was like a, a nice story being told, and it was very easy to sort of pick up mm-hmm. and play along with. So I did appreciate that. I don't know if this is your next women's division star, though. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did like that they mentioned their history in the May Young Classic. You know, I think that they've you know the tournaments that they've done whether it's the cruiserweight classic the may young classic you have all of this history sitting right there and to be able to go back to that and use it where it's right at your disposal you might as well you know you can only advance you know future storylines with it you can increase you know the wrestlers you know sort of what's the word here you know you bring them up a level by having that sort of backstory for them mm-hmm <laughs> and that's what when we were talking previously about sort of the golden era of NXT and what they were doing so well that sort of stuff is what it was like the 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 Gargano versus Ciampa for example their meeting as friends in the Cruiserweight Classic was a huge plot point and mm-hmm. yes you could have done that rivalry without that point but because you do hit that stop on the road, it makes it that much more important. So I think that's why I am such a huge proponent in general of tournaments or things that just get you random matchups because you sort of never know what will come out of those organically, who will end up being a bigger having a mini rivalry, what story ends up being told that you didn't expect to have happen in the middle there. I think it really allows you to not be afraid of having wins and losses as well. I think it's something that that has been a symptom uh, there for a while is sort of the 50-50 booking or nothing ever being clean. You sort of lose out on like in sports, for example, like rivalries happen because one team wins and one team loses. It's it's not a rivalry because it's always 500 or it's not a rivalry because it's never clean. It's a rivalry because one team is trying to overcome something. And that's mm-hmm. a really easy story to tell. And you just have to be you know, able to have the trust that we'll get there. I, I think back to uh, the Bailey storyline and, and the reason that, that it was such a big deal that Bailey beat Sasha at that takeover was because she could, she it took her so long to get there and she had to mm-hmm. grind and she had to get up. So I think showing that work uh, is really important and, and, and show not tell has always been a big thing for me is if you're going to tell us it's a rivalry, give us the backstory, give us what's happening, give us the growth, give us, uh, Sami Zayn's really great at this is every time there's a match he has with somebody he builds on what they did in the time before and there's new counters and there's new things so I think it's a really easy storytelling device and I think it rewards people who are sticking around it rewards people who are watching everything and and, and paying attention and that's really important to you know when you're talking about having no off season and, and doing shows every single week and, and trying to build a bigger story you should be rewarding people for paying attention versus like just completely changing gears every three weeks just to do it. You know, everything you said, it lines up incredibly perfect with something that happened last night on Raw even where Piper Niven made her debut as, you know, the sort of muscle, if you want to say, for Eva Marie and the announcers acted like they had no idea who she was, even though she had challenged for the NXT UK women's title. She had been in the Mae Young Classic and it's... The, almost the complete opposite, you know, where you have a history with her right there. You know, the fans know who she is, and then you go on TV and you act like she's someone who's brand new to the company. Yeah, exactly so, right. But uh, now the ending came. Xylee hit a huge kick, and it almost seemed like that came out of nowhere for the finish. And it, I actually had to rewind just to see if it was a botch because uh, she got the pinfall from it. it. It seemed like there was no build up to it. She landed the kick, and that was it. 
yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was going. I figured she was either like a two and a half minute comeback away from winning, or or on the verge of losing. So I was. I agree with you. I was surprised to see that sort of abruptly end around the seven and a half minute mark with with the kick. But I guess they had the post match story to tell, and they were sort of going to get to that. The post match, it almost felt like felt like you know you've you talked about the fifty fifty booking. It seemed like Zaylee got her win there, and then right afterwards. Mercedes Martinez had to get her heat back, you know, lay them out with chairs. And you almost would have liked more if, you know, Zaylee would have been able to get that win and not suffer any, you know, the beatdown or anything. You know, she can kind of leave a little bit higher on, you know, on a higher note than that. Yeah, or or have all that stuff happen because she lost. Like, I, I there was a little, a little bit of a disconnect there for me, and I, and I agree with you. I think that is something that does sort of deaden the result of the match because it ends up being like now look at this and it's just like can we digest the fact that this this win happened in the first place i think it it does sort of detract and 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 sort of lessens the impact of that win and something that you know you really do want those results to matter whether it's in a grander scheme or just sort of like because you're putting the time in it, it you need to have that time to let those things matter and um it also calls to mind and this is something it's tough to do when you're talking about characters that are, you know, I think I think of the fiend as an example, or a character that's like not supernatural, but like is supposed to be spooky and scary and intimidating. Once somebody just like outright says, "I'm not scared," and makes the stand, like it really makes it tough to rebuild that. So mm-hmm. I, I I have a bit of concern about where this could be going and sort of how this will play out. But um, on the whole, like not nothing embarrassing so bad that I was like, "Oof, what am I doing?" No, you know what? It was. To me, it was a a perfectly fine match. There was nothing that really, you know, stood out above and beyond. But they were still able to, you know, give you a ten minute match where you were invested. You know, you weren't, Absolutely. you know, flipping channels or anything. You know, so that's really all you can ask for when you're watching TV nowadays. So absolutely, absolutely. So after that, we had they decided to reintroduce the million dollar title. We were very lucky to have, you know, the original Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, there in person to crown the new champion, L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes in a ladder match. Zoobs, what was your thoughts on this ladder match? I'm glad that they did the the pre-match package, I thought, actually did add quite a bit to it, where it was like, because, you know, in a vacuum, it's like two guys fighting for the Million Dollar title in 2021 doesn't make a whole lick of sense. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. like, on paper, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, you know, introducing the fact that both these guys uh, approach sort of a similar place of of being a million dollar, like a a rich, flashy guy. They both sort of approach it from different sides, right? Cameron Grimes is the is the crypto millionaire that is sort of the new age. Like he's not what you expect out of a millionaire where L.A. Knight is the very much the clean, like shiny orange tan haircut, nice cars, nice house. Um so the package went a long way for me and and I am you know I'm a guy that enjoyed some of Eli Drake's work previously. I am not afraid to say it. <laughs> I I I had I had seen Eli Drake in a previous spot and thought uh I can get along with it. He has he has a bit of a the rock cadence which I know is probably on purpose on his end. Um he's not the rock obviously, but you know he can hold his own in a, in a promo, he can hold his own. He's he's got he looks like a pro wrestler and I thought um, you know, for for a match that is on the line about a title that is not uh, the top three titles even in the in the company, 
I thought they went out and they, and they did they did it. There were some bangers. It, it is tougher and tougher as we have more ladder matches to come up with cool new things to do in ladder matches. But um, I thought the last spot was gnarly. I thought the off the ladder, outside of the ring, onto a ladder, like just brutal to take that mm-hmm. stuff. So um, I came away really impressed with Grimes and really impressed with with LA Knight. So you know it's it's hard to to be too down about a free ladder match in the middle of a show. The first half of the match, it felt really slow going. You know, it was almost like the feeling out process. But it seemed like after that, I think it was a neck breaker on the ladder mm-hmm. where it almost went like that's where they, you know, flicked a switch and you saw a few more of the riskier ladder spots, you know. And I mean, I'm all for guys working safely. I don't need to see, you know, the Jeff Hardy swanton off a 20-foot ladder for a ladder match, you know. So, but it was still nice that you got those, you know, more risque spots in the match. Yeah, no, so. I, I'm absolutely right. And and once it picked up, it like it, it got there again. It it is tough to, it's tough to as you're constantly raising these stakes and ladder matches to to toe that line between doing new cool creative stuff and and like crossing the line and being too dangerous. And I thought they towed that uh, fairly well. The the gold ladder was a nice touch. There was some mm-hmm. there was some like you know it wasn't too serious. Um, but I, I was I was impressed. I, I was impressed with both guys as, as having limited sort of exposure to Cameron Grimes and and having not seen uh, Eli Drake slash LA Knight for a number of years. Um, you know, I thought it made sense and I thought, uh, you know, I thought it hit some heights without totally stealing the show, if that makes sense. Do you think Cameron Grimes will be able to uh, do you see him reaching that main event level in NXT or do you? see a ceiling, you know, upper mid card sort of thing, maybe North American title. Where does he fall? This is going to sound, he's a little too ugly. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 a little too, he's a little too ugly to be top, to be a top guy. I, I hate to say that. No, I, he sort of reminds me of David Finley where it's like, are you, it's so much beard and so much ugly hair that it's like, not that everybody has to look the same or that it's just like, it's just a, it's just one half step too far for me. Where it's like it, it looks almost silly more than it looks intimidating or scary. Um, I think he he does sort of have, you know, he. I always appreciate when somebody is doing something that nobody else is doing. And this bit that he's doing, the crypto millionaire, the annoying guy that talks to you about uh, meme stocks, like no one else is doing that. At least you know what I mean. At the very least, it's a thing that nobody else is doing, and I always do appreciate that. So. I'd have to see a little bit more to, to tell you if he has that to the moon potential. If I, if he has that, like, can be a top guy. Um, I don't see it on a snap judgment, but I'm 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 also willing to be, you know, convinced otherwise. If if there's a body of work and he's able to put together a run, you know, I, I'm willing to sort of give him that space to get there. But uh, mm-hmm. as of right now, I, I don't know that I see like absolute top tier carrying our show top belt guy. What about you? You know, I think that he could be. A contender you know yeah. for the title but i don't see him ever holding the championship yeah like and I, foil he could be a guy yeah. in the way i think he's got enough to him that he could be a very serviceable you know challenger you know you can run a good storyline with him they'll put on a fantastic match but he never as a champion you know yeah i i think he's a, a guy that you also like to your point about being a challenger like he could be positioned as a guy that you know, gets added as the third guy into a into a triple threat and is like there to be sort of an agent of chaos and to have those moments of like, oh my God, is he gonna do this? Is he gonna steal this? And and not necessarily, you know, the guy that is your champion for six months and, and is your flagship dude. 
we uh, I can't remember if it was before we started recording or during, but we had talked even just about like the sort of New York style, you know, and how, you know, for a while it was more wrestling based look, you know, like the Johnny Gargano body type almost. Was there like, has there been more like of a contrast in like body type, body styles and like Eli Drake, who's like the epitome <laughs> of what New York looks for. And then like Cameron Grimes. I know. Eli Drake is like, it's like, a drawing of what Vince McMahon wants a wrestler to look like. It's like, it's perfect. And yeah. he has, he has the ability to talk. So I think he's a guy that, that, that makes sense to me on the, on the bigger show. Um, I don't know if it, it maybe he has too much TNA stink on him, but yeah, it, it was, it was like, it was noticeable, especially with like how perfectly tanned the Eli Drake <laughs> makes sure to be and how, how pasty and sort of creamy uh, they, they leave Cameron Grimes. Like Eli Drake is just jacked up. He's defined. And then you got Cameron Grimes there with the steampunk hat on and you're just like, oh, all right, let's, let's see what's <laughs> going on. So now do you see main roster potential with Eli Drake or, or LA Knight? Sorry. Or do you think he spends a little bit of time in NXT just to sort of get under the WWE banner and then maybe moves up? I think he has. I think he to me to me he to me he seems like a top like a like a big show guy. Whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's he just sort of like he has the outsized charisma and you want him in you know filmed pieces outside of the ring. Like I think he carries that really well. I think he's somebody that you know when you're on the main show in New York, with very few exceptions. You're going to be asked to do comedy. You're going to be asked to do character pieces. You're going to be asked like it, it's very few guys show up, just wrestle, just go right to the top, and that's it. Like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen very often. I think Roman maybe has had that, but like Daniel Bryan had to be a relationship guy, and he had to be a friendship guy, and he had to be an anger management guy, and then he got to go to the summit of the mountain, and then he can do whatever he wants, right? I think Eli Eli Drake. I keep calling him that. I think La Knight <laughs> is a is a guy that you can put in that situation and say, listen. Don't take it too seriously this week, or we need you to cut a, a fire promo, or we need you to be this. I think he has that malleability and that, um, maybe not like he's going to be WWE champion ceiling, but like a guy that you can use on your main show to talk and explain things and make sense <laughs> and have fire and charisma and connect with a crowd because that's really important and 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 probably more so than any sort of thing he does in ring, I think that is something that you really can never have too much of on your roster. I think at this point, like I know that they, they've they got such a huge roster of talent, but they could almost use a guy like him right away and it would, you know, bring interest to the shows right away, you know, like it's something fresh, you know, and he, he has all the tools that, you know, people would be, have a vested interest in. Yeah, I think so too. And it's not hard. Just like he can, you, you can give him a microphone and give him two minutes, and he can pretty much start a few with anybody, right? Mm-hmm. He, he he does have that ability uh, to sort of drum things up and speak with a real fire and a real passion and talk creatively and and create scenarios and sort of talk himself into just about anything. So I think that's a really valuable tool to have as again as another contender guy, as another guy that is in your mid to upper to bottom upper card that that can start mm-hmm. rivalries with your with with people that you want to be important i think he's able to sort of bridge those gaps and and, and put on you know good enough show and, and do very well on the mic to sort of get those things to where they need to be you could bring him in you know tomorrow and have him feuding for the ic title or the u.s title and i don't think anyone would think anything of it you know like 
there'd be no negative thoughts. It'd be like a fresh face. It would spark up interest in it and it would bring a little bit something to the product that kind of seems like it's, you know, just kind of getting by right now. Absolutely agreed. So after that, we had the NXT women's title match, Ember Moon facing off against Raquel Gonzalez. And I'm drawing a blank here. Was Ember Moon champion before? Uh, no, I think Raquel Gonzalez, she, she wore it in. because I remember she had no, it worn backwards. But was Ember Moon champion like previously before? Yes. She got I, do, called up? I do believe that she was. I believe she, she was, yeah. this is her second, this is her uh, second, yeah, former NFT Women's Champion. Yeah, okay. So I was kind of drawing a blank there. Now, what what are your overall thoughts on Raquel Gonzalez when you see her? You know, are you do you buy her as NXT Women's Champion? Because the previous champions, I mean, you had you know the Shayna Baszler, the Oscar type, who were just dominant in the rings. Do you see that from Raquel? She's the one person. I'll tell you this: she's the one person in the in the time that I've had away from the, the program. She's the really the only person whose name I have seen people saying. Uh, in the time since, where they were like, Raquel, Raquel has it. And I, I did see that. I, I thought she was really strong. I thought, I thought like the power bomb was, was really impactful. Mm-hmm. I think she, she has an impact to her moves that you sometimes don't get in the women's division. I, I, I think you, you have to really make sure that that gets showcased as a special thing. So yeah, I think she has, I think she has that ability. I, I think she's, she's, she's different and, and that's important. I think you have to have, um, all different shapes and sizes and all different styles and all different abilities to sort of really round out uh, a, a full division. And I think she does, she does make sense at the top where she mm-hmm. is, she is really strong. And she was like, listen, I have a really high opinion of Amber moon. I think she's somebody that has a, a ton of skill and, and can, and can really drag good matches out of just about anybody. And, and has a really unique style and does a lot of really cool, unique things. And, um, you know, Raquel Gonzalez kicked the crap out of her. Like, they, she mm-hmm. really, it, it was great in that way. There, there was, you know, a, a touch of the the hijinks from Dakota Kai, but I thought there were some great moments in this match. I thought the 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 eclipse and and the modified eclipse. I thought there was a bunch of cool stuff. Some of the, some of the near falls, but obviously you knew there was going to be some tomfoolery and some mm-hmm. shit houses around the outside. But I thought. Um, you know, for what it was, which is a fifteen-ish a, a minute title match, I thought it delivered. And yeah, I, I do see the ceiling in, in Raquel. I, I think, you know, the women's division has has for years been sort of the calling card of NXT. Of like, it's always been basically since the Horsewomen um, a reliable high point, and, and and the one place that they have done really well in creating and making new stars, whether it be the original few that came through or Ray Ripley or Bianca mm-hmm. Belair. Like they've done a really good job of making that be a development type pipeline. And I think, I think for where they are right now, I think Raquel does make sense as that new sort of top hoss. Mm-hmm. One thing with uh, her and Dakota Kai watching them together, like in that match, I don't know what it was, but like I had, big time like flashbacks to like diesel and Shawn michaels you know like i don't know what it was but it's mm. almost like you know it could be like an updated version of that you have the big powerhouse with raquel gonzalez who can dominate in the ring and then you know you have the little sidekick with dakota kai who's you know there for like some hijinks some shenanigans so i i kind of that's almost what i saw in that match even though it's i could be way off with that but so. No, absolutely. I think that's great. I think that's a great observation. Yeah, I don't know. But it was, you know what? I thought it was a, a solid match. I think that 
with Gonzalez, there's a lot of potential with her. And I would love to see them be able to fully, you know, push her and let her run with it, you know, like give her a chance because I think that, you know, like you, they've almost, it almost seems like they get like a backlog in the division where they have, you know, one champion for so long. Like, cause like Shayna Baszler was champion for what seemed like almost two years. I know it wasn't, but like she would drop it to Kyrie or whatever, and it, like it, was, it became very stagnant, you know. So you almost want to see Gonzalez and the new blood in there, like take charge and make it their own division. Yeah, and I think they've managed to avoid the pitfalls that maybe are causing some stagnation on the men's side, where it's like the women's title is a like note that you have a future that they think you're going to move up and be an important player on the main show, right? Is you, you that last generation before this with Ripley and, and Belair, they have graduated and they are <coughs> big names, you know, mm-hmm. they're and on the main show. They're, they're getting WrestleMania spots. Like it's, it, it's still sort of, I think NXT's biggest um, stepping stone thing is that women's title. Mm-hmm. And it was great seeing, you know, Ripley and Belair get their chance in, you know, Royal Rumble and then WrestleMania. You know, that was it's nice to see because you spend so much time watching them on NXT and you're waiting and waiting for them to finally get their chance. And then they do and they absolutely delivered. So yeah. you're hoping for, you know, the same for Raquel Gonzalez and, you know, the Dakota Kai's and all of them. You know, you want to see them get the chance, you know, you, be brought up to the main roster and just see what they can do on a big stage. Yeah. And like, I, I think, man, if you look at the people who have held the the women's title, like Ember Moon may be one of very few that like, didn't really take that into a next stratosphere, stratosphere thing. Like pretty much the other dozen or so ones, like there aren't many misses and, and not, not calling Ember Moon a miss because she obviously has had, um, some injury issues mm-hmm. and there's been things that have held her back from taking that next step. But the rest of the list of who have been the women's champions, like it's top names that the company has in their division. You look at that and you could make an argument for anyone at a specific time to be like the best wrestler, best women's wrestler, you know, whether it's Paige or Charlotte Flair or, you know, Rhea Ripley, like you could make a, an argument for any of them. And I would, I would buy it right away because they all have what it takes. Yeah, like Shayna Baszler, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Yoshi, Yo, Yo uh, uh, you know, Bailey, Sasha Banks. Like, there's been every single one of them. Like you said, when when they get that title, it really seems like uh, a, a true coronation of of them being the best women's wrestler in the world. Like uh, we were both at Takeover Toronto, and I always go back and talk about it because I mean, for me, that was just a fantastic weekend, yep. and. At that card, you know, seeing Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, like, that was one of my favorite matches that year. You know, like, I, the next day I'm sitting at the airport and I'm re-watching it on my phone because I was just blown away by what they did in the ring. Yeah, I, I remember coming out of that and that was my match of the night and that was like, I was amazed at at Io Shirai after that. And it was very much like, I loved that they went with the root of like, she hits everything she has and doesn't know what to do next, so she just continues uh, beating the shit as best she could. Like, I, I think there's, I think there's a value to that versus like trying a thing you're not, you're not used to. I, I think is awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, it continues to be like it'll, it'll always be a strong point of, of the company. Mm-hmm. Main event time. We had the champion Karrion Cross in a fatal five way. 
He's facing off against Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Kyle O'Reilly. Now, were you shocked by the outcome? Were you expecting anything besides Karrion Cross retaining the title? Um, I mean, no. I, I, I suppose I wasn't. I, I did, you know, because there are so many folks in the match and there are so many. The thing, the thing of it was for me is like it seemed like everybody else had something else that was in the match with them beyond just wanting to win the title, right? There's, <laughs> there's Kyle O'Reilly and, and Adam Cole, for example. They have their own little sort of side feud and all those sort of things. So I, I did expect Cross to retain. I would have, you know, I, I was buying some of the, like, I, I thought for a minute there that Kyle O'Reilly might, might win it. He had a, he had a lock on um, Cole at one point where I was like, yeah, maybe he taps and that's sort of, <laughs> you know, maybe that's finally his time, but. You know, I came away actually really enjoying the way that they positioned Cross in this match. Um, sometimes those like a five-way or a multi-man match can slide a little bit into a bunch of guys take their one-on-one turns, but I did like that they really structured it around everybody has to be paying attention to where Cross is because mm. if he's not if you're not Pay attention to him. He will wreck all four guys because he didn't. Mm-hmm. There was three or four spots where like he disappears and then he reappears and wrecks all four guys. Yeah. And then it, and then they are all like, okay, we need to power bomb him through a table, or we need to throw him through the door, or we need to take him out as a group because we won't win otherwise. I and and then of course it allows you to build in like guys get close to the end and lose focus on him and he's able to take over. So I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was really clear. Like that story was really really clear, and I thought it made a ton of sense. Uh, and he looked very strong, obviously. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Like I, th- I thought it was, you know, it, it, it didn't go on too long. It did, there wasn't a lot of stuff for the sake of stuff. Um, I love the. We didn't talk about it. I love the set. Like I love the in your house set. I love that they come in through the door, and then I love that they went out and interacted with it. I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, I came away just like really impressed with the structure of this match. Everything made sense. Like there wasn't too much one at a time type stuff. Um, and they didn't really overdo anything, which I think is really important. There was some restraint showed um, in the way that they did things, and and listen, there's a lot of guys in this match that that it like I'm gonna I'm gonna appreciate Kyle O'Reilly pretty much all the time, anytime. Uh, he's one of those guys that just absolutely has it and absolutely knows every second of the match, sort of what his role is, and and knows how to be a background character, and knows how to do background acting, and knows how to do striking, and knows how to grapple, and knows how to really um, I think of this in terms of like ZSJ where it's like he knows how to have a distinct style and bring that style into everything he does. I really appreciate that about Kyle O'Reilly and, and uh, always been a big Pete Dunne fan and, and, and Johnny Gargano was of course a staple of these things. So overall I, I was impressed. I, I thought it, it didn't drag at any point. It ended about when it should have. The spots were about as big as they should have been. And and like I said, I really did enjoy the way it was built around making sure everyone was always paying attention to cross mm-hmm. because, because again, he's such a powerful thing and all the, and none, none of these guys are all that big either. Right. That's the other big thing about O'Reilly Cole, Gargano and Dunn is like, they're not really heavyweights, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're pretty small guys. I guess Dunn's pretty big, but like compared to cross, who is a full size, like maniac guy, six foot four, two seventy, like he should be able to basically throw these guys around if they, if they let him off uh, mm-hmm. out, out, of, out of sight. Uh, two things. I mean, you mentioned like 
everyone having a history almost it seemed in the ring and that was one thing that i really liked you know storytelling wise because uh, at one point you know gargano and cole are going at it and they had such a history from a year and a half ago or so and I mean, by the time that they wrapped up that feud, I did not want to see them in the ring together because I was just, I was fucking bored of them. But yeah. you see the, just a little spot that they had there. And it was almost like they're in two different, two completely different spots now from where, from back then, you know? So now it was almost like it's something new again, because, you know, you got Gargano as a heel, Cole as a heel. It's something a little different. And, you know, they had their interaction. It's like, okay, I'm into this again. So that I really liked. And, you know, the mentioning of the four guys having to be aware of where cross was like, I didn't notice that at the time, but that's very true because you know, there's they he had all four guys in the corners and he's just running, you know, delivering shots to each of them, you know? So that's some, you know, good, uh, good eyes on your, on your behalf there. Yeah. And then, and then I love that, that the response out of that, right. Was they, then they each throw close lines to him and try to knock him out. I thought that was really like, it really made sense and, and followed by number uh, and, and and it had a ton of logic behind it. And, it's, and, and those small things are what, again, a lot of the stuff on this show that was good, it's like that stuff is what made people like NXT in the first place is that attention mm-hmm. to detail, that storytelling, that using history uh, as a positive versus versus ignoring whenever it doesn't fit into the narrative that you're trying to go for at the moment. I think there's a ton of value in all that stuff, and and it played out and, and paid off in, in a fairly big way. Like I, I enjoyed this, and and it was a little bit where I expected it to go, but but yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What what do you see as next for the four who ended up not winning? You know, boy, that's a great question. That's a great question, right? Because now you've like if 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 you're if you want to use like an example of. Uh, you know, contender numbers, like now he's wiped out the, the top four contenders. So you're mm-hmm. like, is he going to face the fourth best, the fifth best guy? Or is he now going to, is one of these guys going to be able to make a claim uh, to a one-on-one match? I, I don't know. I, I don't know where you, who you can position to sort of be up against Karrion Cross in, in the, in the distant future. I would like to see him face Bronson Reed only because mm-hmm. like just, just two big guys that absolutely going at it and throwing bombs is, very much uh my stuff um Mm -hmm. but yeah that's a great question it it is pretty open-ended i i I would have to leave that to a to a bigger expert maybe nick maybe nick east would have an answer for that we'll have to talk to nick and see what he says about all that one thing i do want to mention because you mentioned bronson reed was like i loved his gear because when i looked at it it reminds me of the old natural disasters (laughs) gear and like his finishing move is a tsunami and i'm like you know what just Bring back the hurricane, and they can be a new natural disaster. He does the stomp too, right? He, he does like the sort of half tsunami stomp as his. He does the stomp in the hand as yeah. his like taunt is. So in the room. I'm I'm in on that. So, um, do you see Cross moving up to the main roster sooner than later, or do you think he spends more time in NXT? He strikes me as a, he strikes me. I, maybe I'm just picking the guys who are big as the as the ones that go up, but. I think he can have some some utility, though. I do worry he maybe maybe he gets a little bit Baron Corbin-y, where it's like he seems like this one thing in NXT, and then he goes up, and it's like, oh no, he's just like a, he's just going to be a mid Carter that like likes skulls or whatever they <laughs> whatever they ended up turning. But I don't even know what Baron Corbin's doing anymore. But like he did have that like you know there was a time when he, when people were counting for his matches right, and, and mm-hmm. because he was winning so quickly. Uh, and then he became sort of this totally different animal on the main cards. So I don't know if if I'd be I'd be in 
as much of a rush on him as I would even somebody like LA Knight, who I think is is pretty advanced and, and is pretty close uh, to being right there. Um, it's a great question. I, I think probably a little bit more time. I wouldn't mind seeing him have a bit of a run here because they really position – like he looked – again, he can put this looking really strong, right? Like he beat – he beat their top four guys, mm-hmm. and 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 all four of them had to team up to to get anything off of him. So I think uh, I think a little more time will make this run mean something, and make whoever takes it off of him make it really mean something. Is what I would do in the short term. I do. I think Cross could get lost in the shuffle if he's brought up without a plan. Yeah. Um, so it's something that they do have to be careful about because he easily could just, you know, fall wayside where if he doesn't get over right away, then it's all for naught. So. A lot of, there's a lot of people on that, on that, on that top level that we don't, that you don't really know, right? It's, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. A post right before the end of the show, we saw, you know, I think it was Mackenzie Mitchell talking to William Regal. Regal said that, you know, he might have enough of this. The rumors, you know, the dirt sheets are saying maybe Samoa Joe gets brought back in because he's been talked about. What do you think about that, Zoops? I, I man, and a, a kudos to the acting chops of, Steve, of Regal. The tears, did you see the, the tear lines? He had been I crying. Oh man, they had, they had glistening. Uh, boy, you know, he 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 mentioned it could be time for a change. Uh, I think it. It does sort of make – he's been in charge there. Listen, he was in charge for the entire golden era, and him being put in charge as the figurehead, as the uh, authority figure of that of that company and of that part of the show, it was a golden era. But I think some of the complaints and some of the reason people have been tuning out is it seems like we haven't taken the next step. Some One of the fun and refreshing things about NXT is that it continues to refresh itself and that – once somebody feels like they've accomplished all they can accomplish, they move up and go on versus like trying to just recycle and find new things. So maybe Regal is the first step in towards like we have another new era here and we see a graduation of the Undisputed Era guys. We see Gargano and Ciampa maybe find something new or or I don't know. I, I think it could use some freshening up and I think Samoa Joe is a, a great pick because he's a guy who can – he can talk about anything with 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 fire and passion, and and has the legitimate badass backup. And mm-hmm. and 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 again, what's been so great about NXT for such a long time, and what has made Regal such a great, uh, refreshing character and authority figure is that he wasn't a healer of face. He's just like a logical guy trying to trying to run a show. Like it, mm-hmm. it made sense, and and that's been really important, and is what made NXT feel special. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're gonna have a new direction, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm on board with something new. I, I think NXT needs something to sort of change it up and and bring it back and sort of get people talking again. And and, and Joe would do that if that's what it is. By the time this is out, we might we might already know. But um, yeah, I, I think it it may be time. I, I th- and again, I think Regal can do anything he is one mm-hmm. of those guys that like you put him on any show any point anywhere and, and and he's just he's just amazing at pro wrestling everything that comes with it he's a wealth of knowledge and i think like i don't know if it's if he's still staying with wwe or what you know if it's just he wants if it's storyline but i mean any company if he was to leave would be like they should be welcoming him in with arms wide open even just for the knowledge that he has yeah so. absolutely Now, Zoobs, this Sunday is Hell in a Cell, and I'm going to punch up the card real quick. I want your thoughts on it, but while I'm doing that, I would like for you to tell everyone 
what's going on with Wrestling Brain, where they can find the shows and everything involved with it. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, wrestling Brain, it's it's very simple. It's a, it's a wrestling community that is based around twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. We go live after AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. My friend Josh Custodio and I, uh, one of the absolute greats in the business, Josh Custodio, we go live for two hours. Uh, we do an hour full recap, recap the entire show, what we like, what we didn't like. And then the crazy, we take calls live on the show. You called into the show before. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your time and effort. But we put out a link to a Google Meet. We let people come in and give their thoughts on the show. That is my favorite part. We have had callers from uh, Vancouver, Toronto, uh, Chicago. Um, I think Ivan's from uh, Illinois, or pardon me, from Oklahoma or Texas. Um We've had people from all over North America, and it's really, really fun to talk to the Brainiacs. Um, the most important and the best thing about our show is the community, the people that come into our chat, the people that are uh, our callers. They are so kind and so nice. And additionally, we have a show. If you're listening to this and you like NXT, uh, our buddy Nick East hosts Nick XT immediately following the weekly NXT shows on Tuesdays. Uh, he is live right out of that. And uh, we do some other fun stuff. We, 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 we do pay-per-view uh, post shows for AEW as well as the occasional um, Saturday show or or Nick sometimes does rank down on Thursday. But me, myself, you catch me Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. I thoroughly enjoy the show. If I didn't have to get up at five o'clock, I would call in more often. I think <laughs> last time I called in, I was like, you know what? I'm going to call in sick on Thursday just so I can call into Wrestling Brain. So. Yeah, listen, and, and we talked about earlier about AEW pay-per-views. Uh, that, like, you're chalking off four and a half hours of your day. Part of the reason that bothers me so much is I then am streaming for two hours afterwards. It's like a seven-hour day. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why I love these NXTs where it's like if, if it was two and a half hours, I'd be thrilled to go on after. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, this Sunday, we've got Hell in a Cell. Uh, I'm not – I think it's from the Thunderdome, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, five matches announced so far. We'll get your thoughts on it. What you think? You know, I'm not. I don't dedicate any time really to Raw or SmackDown. I'll read the recaps and you know I'll listen to a couple podcasts about it because it's easier th- to digest. But uh, five matches: Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. Alexa Bliss has got her fiend motif going on. What do you think of this one? Uh, of all the yeah. people. Be as honest world. as you want. Of all the people in the world to be sucked into the fiend, scared of a puppet thing, Shayna Baszler is the last person I would pick. I don't like that. She should be murdering people. Like, Shayna Baszler should be murdering people. <laughs> like, I don't know how I don't know how you feel the need to tell a story beyond Baszler versus Ray Ripley. Like, that's to, like that should just be the match. That's such an easy. <laughs> like badass ass kicking match and it it uh it's just i don't i don't want to see this at all <laughs> I, I it makes me sad because i i think Shayna baszler is like a really rare talent i think it's something mm-hmm. that you don't see. you know once again i mentioned it with kyle O'Reilly and i mentioned it with you know zsj and you see it with suzuki is like she has such a clearly defined style she she and that to me is always fun because it lets you like wonder how somebody is going to fight to her style. Uh, no interest in seeing that happen with the fiend, so the mm-hmm. fiendette or whatever it is. 
And I mean, we talked earlier about like the history. I mean, you put Baszler and Ripley, you have all of their NXT history to look back on, you know, like Ripley as champ. Well, then you bring up Baszler as the challenger being like, well, it took you forever to beat me in NXT. So let's see what you can do now. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have to pick one, who are you taking to win? Oh, I I will never bet against supernatural weirdo freak out powers. <laughs> All right. We have for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey is challenging Bianca Belair for the title. Feels like feels like we're still we're still in the honeymoon phase here with Bianca and she should be champion for a little bit. I think you want to make that mean a little something. Though I am uh I am a fan of Bailey saying ding dong hello a whole oh. bunch. I love that. I do not watch SmackDown, but I tuned in like three weeks ago, I think, whenever uh, uh, AEW had their first Friday Dynamite. I, I tuned into SmackDown earlier and he, Bailey like just chiming in with that. And I I was fully into it. Like, I'm into that. I think, I think the fact that we don't watch it regularly is why we are both like, that's funny because we're yeah. not constantly hearing it. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like that they might do that we would not be a fan of, but like Bailey right now, like she's reinvented her character from the, what she was when she first debuted. And I'm a big fan. So yeah, me too. But I, I think, I think like, maybe, maybe she does go over. Screw it. I'll, I'll take her to go over. Why not? Well, I'm, I'm liking that Zoops. I'm liking that. Why not? Nothing on the line. So we've got a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Universal Championship. Rey Mysterio is facing off against the big dog, Roman Reigns. Listen, is Ray is Ray Ray going to get a win here? It's pro big dog all day. It's it's He's the head of the table. I'm not picking against Roman Reigns. No chance. You can't. I think Roman holds this title for another you know six months at least. Couldn't be me, brother. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Absolutely okay. right. I appreciate that. For the WWE Raw Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair, she's always in the title scene. She's an 18-time women's champion, it seems, facing off against Rhea Ripley. Is Rhea retaining the title, or is Charlotte winning? I think I think Rhea's probably going to retain. I, I, I base that around having picked Bailey previously. <laughs> Charlotte's, a, Charlotte's a tough spot where, like to your point, like it feels like she's always the champion. And if she's not, she's competing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you break that cycle because she's always going to feel important. Um, yeah. and, but on that same token, she's somebody you can always give the title to and be like, okay, let's, we'll, we'll figure out the rest later, right? It's, 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 it's very easy to sort of um, build the rest out with that sort of figured out. So mm-hmm. listen, I expected, I expected to, to, we, there's a quality that comes with it that I think we, we have come to expect. And I think, you know, I, I also think quite highly of Ray Ripley as a performer and as a, mm-hmm. as a character, as a look and, and very unique. And, and as somebody that do, does things that the rest of the vision doesn't really do. So I, I have high expectations for this. I think it'd be a very, very good match, but I, I will take Ripley uh, to retain. I, I think that could easily be the match of the night so far with what's announced. I think yeah, both of them absolutely. deliver constantly. So, And we also have a last chance Hell in a Cell match between the champion Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Before you answer, what is – we saw the Zia Lee entrance with the sword. Drew McIntyre has a sword. Who in New York has a sword collection in their basement that they are lending <laughs> out all these swords? WWE props department, man. Uh, what a job that must be. The, the, the stuff that they, when you really sit and think about it, the stuff that they have put on that show in the last 30 years, like, man, there's there's a lot of weird 
props that have that mm-hmm. have gone that have gone around. I think uh, I don't know what's the, what's the, what's the general vibe around this. To me, it, it continues to make sense to have Drew McIntyre as the number one, especially as a as the like. Are, are there going to be fans back? Are we, are we having fans this evening? Not yet. I think fans are back next month, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I I could be way off base with this, but uh, yeah, I think it's fans are going to be at the. Uh, money in the bank next month this is his last chance at uh at winning with drew is with with um bobby as champion is what i understand right yeah so he's got to he's got to beat bobby or else he's not getting another chance so i think with that stipulation he's probably going to lose right you introduce that so that he can so that he can lose and and that is sort of the the next story Mm -hmm. i think he should be champion i i i you look at all you gotta do is look at him McIntyre and be like, yeah, that's the guy to beat. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty obvious. You know, a stipulation like that, it's almost surprising because you'd think that they would want him to, you know, get a big win in front of fans so that, you know, because he's he never got his moment really, you know, or did yeah. he on, because I think he lost at WrestleMania. So I can't remember, but um, you, you almost think that they want to have fans there. He can have his big moment and, you know, ride off as champion. But I mean, what do I know? So. Zoobs, thank you very much for joining me. Where can the plethora of listeners find you uh, besides on A-E-Double Dudes? Where can they find you? Yeah, on, on Twitter at the underscore Zoobs and at wrestling underscore brain. Uh, that is the personal and the wrestling specific uh, accounts. That is basically the place. And if you're into sports and that sort of thing, mostly baseball, uh, the Sportsfeld podcast, which is uh, sports podcast I do with my friend Jake Goldsby as well, but mainly, mainly wrestling brain. You know, everyone is saying it that wrestling brain is the uh, there. It's everyone's talking about it. So. Is, you're hearing it more and more. You really are. Um, I'm sure it's on in the background. How are the Jays doing right now? Oh, I, I, it's in the other room. I I I think they're up one. I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm, I'm blinders on. I'm, I'm focused purely on the wrestling today. That is commitment. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> Zoobs, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Blair. Thank you. Anytime. <laughs>